0: Welcome to Streaming with Two Dudes, a podcast about all things streaming. Each episode, we break down some of the best series, songs, movies, and shows. I'm one dude, Parker. I'm the other dude, Jeff. And dudes, this month, our theme is Happy Holidays, And this episode, we are talking about National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. But first, Jeff,
1: what else have you been streaming? Well, this may come as a surprise. Streamed a couple more Christmas movies. That's not um, too
0: much of a surprise. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, this I'm not sure if you would have liked this one or not. It's you're hard to read when it comes to anything that involves romance. So, this is anyway, true. the this name is of it was Last Christmas. Mm-hmm. Uh, are you a fan of George Michael, the singer? Yes,
0: um, yeah. I mean, yeah, I I like George Michael. I like it's a little life. faith. I have a little faith.
1: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> You're
0: singing it in your head. I can see you singing he's over there for y'all listening. he's he's over there nodding his head. I can hear I can I can visually see him singing it in his head. He wants to sing it out loud. I know he does. um but it stars does it stars George Michael?
1: It does not, but <laughs> pretty much the movie is inspired or based on like all of his music and songs. Oh, okay. Uh, obviously primarily the song last Christmas. Yeah. Um but you know it was another one of those it was it wasn't a Hallmark movie. I watched it on Amazon. Now okay. I had to I had to rent it. Um so I don't know who actually done the movie as far as if it was I, I, I assume it wasn't like a streaming service uh or anything like that, but you know it of course there's a lot of you know you can't do a Christmas movie without there being some similarities or yeah some repeats yeah, but it was different um i mean i thought it was very well done um you know the main actress has a lot of issues in life which isn't you know obviously typical of any kind of hallmark movie where you know everything's puppy toes and rainbows type deal but it it was pretty good i I actually kind of liked this it was it seems like this year I've watched far less hallmark movies and have kind of ventured off to do you know some of the different ones just to kind of break up the monotony yeah. a little bit and I think, so I,
0: I think i've helped you a little bit there
1: but i i would definitely recommend this one i mean it's not gonna crack your top 10 list but uh like i said you know george michael's music's heavily featured in it No, is it just um, like
0: is it just george michael um like christmas songs or is it
1: it's pretty much all of his stuff okay The basic premise is, I mean, you have a young girl, and like I said, she's, you know, she has an older sister who's, like, kind of made all the right decisions in life, and she's made a lot of poor choices, and she also had, I don't remember now exactly what caused it, but she had to have a heart transplant. Okay. And her mom's got a lot of issues, I mean, kind of just a very dysfunctional family. Uh, but there is a love interest involved but it's not the traditional relationship or the love story if that makes any sense okay um so I'll, I'll leave it at that so i don't give away too much for anybody that does want to check it out but i
0: think that i think the aspect of the george michael songs is enough to like intrigue me to probably actually get me to watch it so it's on amazon
1: i, I mean I, I had to rent it from amazon oh, okay um but you know you know two three bucks or whatever four bucks at the most um i, I don't think i found it streaming for free anywhere okay um but not to say it isn't. you might have some streaming services i don't but yeah what about you what you uh streaming i lately? am
0: streaming a series called it's, it was like a limited series um it's one of the like investigative documentaries that netflix has been doing it's called don't pick up the phone and this movie or this series was insane like i haven't been so intrigued by something that was so crazy this person so what i mean i won't go into it too much and like give it all away but i mean you just you have to know this much of it like to even know really kind of know what's going on but the story unfolds of this person was calling these different restaurants in the mid to late like 2000s and was pretending to be a police officer and describing different employ like an employee that was working there, just kind of give like basic description and would have them pull them into the office and make them perform like strip searches on employees. And it was just like this person, like faking this phone calls and it goes through the, you know, like the like people that have happened. Like this happened like I forgot how many times, but it was close to a hundred, if not more. And, um, it basically just like shows these two detectives where it happened in their, you know, in their local precincts, and they're the only two that are really taking it seriously and trying to track down who's actually making these phone calls, because you know everybody's just kind of blaming everybody else except for the caller and they're not actually trying to track them down so so it's super interesting super crazy um it's super intriguing uh very like it's it's keeps you on your the edge of your seat the whole time and man it's, I don't know sometimes in those documentaries they can get kind of boring uh but this this one it was not the entire time and the two detectives were great. Like, just awesome characters in general, anyways. Um, so yeah, don't pick up the phone. It is on Netflix. If, um, it will say a trigger warning, uh, if, if sexual assault or anything like that, if you have, um, problems with that, stay away from it for sure. But, you know, if, if you can stomach that, um, kind of stuff and, you know, the investigation kind of thing like that. And just understanding the mindset of trying to understand the mindset of like people that would do things like that. Uh, it's, it's very, very interesting to
1: watch. So recommend that. Cool. Speaking of Netflix, I actually saw a, uh, a clip show up on my social media feed today of a show you've talked about recently on Netflix called Wednesday. And I really enjoyed the clip because it showed Wednesday like using kung fu to take out three guys. And I'm like, "Wait a second! I didn't know that show was gonna have anything like that." So now I like really want to watch it. Yeah, it's definitely uh,
0: not what you would think. It's it's very interesting.
1: And see, that might actually help me because I've never considered myself like a big Adam's Family fan. I mean, yeah, Yeah. I watched the show some when I was younger, Um, but you know, did you ever
0: watch the movies from the '90s? With, um, with like, Christina Ricci as Wednesday?
1: I'm sure I saw it once. Oh, but man, those are but so I, good. I don't remember much about them. I mean, I remember the characters and stuff, but I, I never really considered myself a huge fan. Yeah. I, I guess I remember the show a lot more than I do the movies. Because, see, I was a kid when the movies came out, so I grew up, I loved them, and I grew up with them. So, like,
0: I mean, I still watch them. Like, there's still, like, the humor in them, especially uh, the second one, Adam's Family Values, like, I love that movie so much it's great but yeah you should definitely check out Wednesday man I definitely recommend it especially for you I feel like you that's definitely your kind of show for sure like it's it's not only is it just very very much like a Riverdale type show but like the yeah it's 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 totally Jeff you'll like it for sure um so Jeff, this week we watched uh, we watched National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. It was recommended. This is our listener choice episode, recommended by uh, my good friend Summer. She was the first one to recommend it. It won the listener's choice. Uh, I originally think that Die Hard, Die Hard was actually the winner, but we couldn't find that on anything streaming. So you motherfuckers, we have to watch National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, and you know, not a bad, not a bad runner-up to take its place. Uh, so, Jeff, what can you tell me about this movie?
1: I guess it just proves that second place isn't always the first loser. Yeah. No. So, a lot of interesting stuff about this movie, which you know, any movie that's considered a classic, especially that's been out you know, more than 20, 30 years. There's just all kinds of good info to find out there. Uh, I'm sure I didn't even scratch the surface of, you know, all the info and just interesting tidbits and trivia that's out there. But what I'll do is I'll I'll jumpstart it with a little bit, and then I'll probably, like, comment on certain scenes uh, that you may bring up in your recap, uh, if there's any interesting things about any of those scenes, and then maybe towards the end, Anything I wasn't able to fit in, I'll kind of squeeze in there as well. But um, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, it was the third installment in the National Lampoon Vacation film series. You had Lampoon Vacation, you had the European Vacation, and then this one with the Christmas Vacation. You, did, was, you watch,
0: did you watch, the are you like a big fan of the vacation movies in general?
1: I wouldn't say I'm a big fan, though. I mean, I've definitely seen the Christmas Vacation one more than the other ones. yeah. I'm pretty sure I saw the first one. I'm not sure about European vacation and I'm not yeah, sure see, about- i've
0: seen I know I've seen the first one numerous times, not as many times as I've seen Christmas vacation, but the european I don't think I've ever seen European vacation and Vegas vacation, which came out whenever I was younger. I've seen that one a couple of times, but it wasn't I don't remember it being very good, yeah. Even when I was a kid, I was like, this one's not as good as the other ones. And I was, was that, like twelve or thirteen.
1: Was that one the fourth or the fifth one? I think there's been five.
0: I think the fifth. Okay, so there's a there's a fifth one, and that one is technically like a, is it spin a remake off. It's like okay. yeah, it's like a remake, but it's it's like a remake slash reboot type situation where Rusty is taking his family on a vac- on the original like road trip vacation, like from the original film. Um, gotcha. so it's kind of yeah, it's kind of like a reboot sequel type situation.
1: Okay. All right. Well, I mean, this particular one was written and co-produced by a gentleman that any person that loves movies or familiar with movies would know, a gentleman by the name of John Hughes, mm-hmm. which numerous classics in the 80s and 90s, whether it was Home Alone, 16 Candles, The Breakfast Club, Mr. Mom ferris bueller's day off i mean the list goes on and on and on and this movie was actually adapted from a short story uh, that john hughes wrote uh for the national lampoon magazine called christmas 59 which was published in 1980. Uh, as far as the actors and stuff i mean it's an all-star cast i mean of course you had chevy chase uh who was in all five of the vacation films i was also a prominent figure on saturday night live In more movies than we could possibly even discuss uh, during his career. You had Beverly D'Angelo, who played Ellen. Of course, Tavy Chase played Clark. Uh, She was in, obviously, numerous things throughout her career. Uh, As far as the children, uh, Juliette Lewis, who played Audrey. uh, This was actually her first major film role. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, obviously, she went on to have a a career that's still ongoing now. Um, Rusty who was played by Johnny Galecki, mm-hmm. uh, who most people will know recently uh, on Big Bang Theory, uh, Roseanne, uh, the original and the and the reboot. Uh, interesting, though, Leonardo DiCaprio was in the running for the role of Rusty. Really? Uh, but the casting director just said he just simply wasn't goofy enough. I can so, see that. Uh, yeah, he, he tends to do the more serious stuff a little better. Uh, of course, Randy Quaid with cousin Eddie. Unfortunately, he's more well-known, not so much for his career lately, but all the legal trouble yeah. he's been in in the last five years or so. I think he
0: he probably was not acting in this film at all. I think he's yeah. just actually his, his cousin Eddie.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and then, I mean, the list just keeps going. I mean, even the smaller roles, whether it's Doris Roberts, I mean, Julia Lewis dreyfus mm-hmm. I mean, this, this movie was just loaded with all-star cast. Some that were already well-established and some that were kind of at the beginning of their outstanding career. One little interesting tidbit. I don't know if you have ever noticed this or knew about it, but for this third Lampoon movie, they changed the spelling of Griswold. Did they? In the first two films, Griswold was spelled with an A at the end. W-A-L-D. For this one, it's spelled W-O-L-D at the end. So... And I researched and researched. Maybe it's out there. I could not uncover a reasoning or an explanation for why they changed the spelling.
0: I Um, wonder if somebody just didn't like. If somebody just didn't pay
1: attention to it, you know. Like maybe they didn't do it purposefully. I don't know. I just the only information I could find is that it they changed the spelling on the third movie, and so I assume maybe the rest of them kept the O. Uh, I don't remember that part, but yeah, I just thought that was interesting. And I, like I I could not find a single comment explanation, reasoning or anything. So a couple of other tidbits, uh, like real quick,
0: real quick before you um, just, I want to just comment real quick on the casting. Uh, The, the woman who played uh, Aunt Bethany, Aunt Bethany Griswold. Mm -hmm. um, She was the, the older senile lady, you know, the one that was, kind of you know just never making sense she kind of came in the oh, end yeah. with with William Hickey's character Uncle Lewis um she, she wrapped she, her
1: own stuff as Christmas yeah, presents yeah her uh, name
0: is her name is uh May uh Mae Questel and she I don't know if you know this but she was actually like really big uh voice actress and I don't know if you you could probably notice this if you go back and watch it like knowing this but she was the voice of Betty Boop.
1: Oh, huh, how about that? I did not yeah. know that. Yep. That's cool. Another Great. interesting tidbit is, I mean, people that are fans of the, the vacation films obviously have realized and noticed this, but they always change the actors for the kids, mm-hmm. uh, for Rusty and, and Audrey. So, uh, of course, this is the third movie, so this was the third set of different actors uh that, to play those two roles. Uh, obviously, Tevi Chase, Beverly D'Angelo. I mean, they stayed the same. Uh, The parts that Cousin Eddie were in uh, stayed the same, but uh, they always changed the kids, which was always just kind of a vacation thing. I guess that's just what they were known for. Um, As far as some tie back to some, you know, the previous or future films, uh, the Navy blue Chicago bears hat, you see Clark wearing in a number of scenes is the same hat. He wore in the previous vacation movies. Uh, european vacation and just vacation uh johnny galecki uh actually at some point later on said he elected not to shoot a scene with chevy chase where the two become emotional when speaking to each other uh because he figured the scene wouldn't make it in the final product anyway yeah now, to this day he kicks himself for not doing the scene um just because he just would i guess curious what it would have came out and if it would have been a memorable scene obviously it's one of those movies where even if you're not a huge fan of the movie you remember and probably enjoy several scenes right i mean it's just one of those movies where it's just it's just a collection of memorable scenes kind of pieced together Mm -hmm. so he was really upset with himself that he didn't at least decide to shoot the scene anyway just just in case Mm -hmm. it didn't make the final cut um a couple of I'll go over because I doubt they make it in your recap just because they weren't like huge scenes or anything. But there is a quick snippet where Rusty is seen watching It's a Wonderful Life mm-hmm. on TV. Uh, that movie... It's funny you mentioned that because like you pointed that out. And
0: whenever I was watching that, I was like, if I ever make a Christmas movie, I'm going to make a Christmas movie like in one of the scenes somebody's going to be watching that scene. Like any or well, any kind of Christmas movie because that's a trope like I don't know it feels like every time I see a Christmas, like if you're watching a Christmas movie in the past, like 20 years, 20, 30 years, maybe even longer, maybe even 40 years. It seems like every single one of them, they're watching a previous Christmas film. So I think it would be so funny to have a Christmas film. Like where they're watching somebody watching another Christmas movie. Like, if I was watching the scene, like if you, if I was in the Christmas movie and I was watching the scene where Rusty was watching, it's a wonderful life. <laughs> it just keep going on and on, just deeper and
1: deeper. Well, uh, well actually, in this case, it had a deeper meaning because uh, "It's a Wonderful Life" was directed by a gentleman named Frank Capra. Hope I'm Capra. I'm not sure how to pronounce that exactly. Yeah, think you're right the first time. Frank's grandson. Frank Capra III was the assistant director for Christmas Vacation. So that had direct ties to to his grandfather who uh, directed uh, that movie. So that was a, we've had a few movies where there was a a neat little tie in of a, of a character watching a movie uh, that had some kind of deeper meaning or connection to either an actor or a director or something like that. So some of those things you would never know probably without actually, you know, doing the research on it. Right. Another little tidbit that where they, they actually worked hard to tie in with the previous movies was when Clark found out that cousin Eddie had been out of work for seven years. That actually lines up with the movie vacation. When we see Eddie lose his job at the asbestos factory. So they actually kept the timeline in sync. Uh, so we'd been out of work that whole time.
0: That's funny. Was it seven years in between the films, like when the films were released, or was it
1: I'm guessing because the way that... I interpreted it is it fell in line with whatever the time frame was in the movie. Gotcha. Cause I don't remember I
0: don't know. I thought the kids were closer to the same age between the two, between these two, like between the first and the third one. Because I can't remember, you know, so like I said, I can't remember European Vacation. I don't even know if I've watched it. But I just don't remember, like, Rusty. If, if Rusty would have been seven years younger, he would have been, like, four or five, wouldn't he? I don't remember him being that young. But, I mean, maybe it was just, like, a joke. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, maybe vacation and Christmas vacation were seven yeah. years apart. Yeah. And so maybe that was just the part of their joke. Kind of, like, how they just never changed the kids. Like the kids are ageless.
1: Yeah, they uh, they definitely don't. You know, they definitely kind of set up their own rules that they're going to follow throughout <laughs> yeah, this they series. They definitely do, which is good when movies do that. So, um, but yeah, that's the the main things. Uh, like I said, I'll point out a few other things as you're doing your recap, and maybe a couple things there at the end. All right, all so right. Let's see How We're you like, do this week?
0: You want to get into it? I'm I'm. This is like. So I feel pressure on this one because I know like everybody's seeing this film. So everybody's gonna be giving me like grading me as they listen to this. Um so I do feel a little bit of pressure. But I will say well, I'm not it, I'm not expecting myself to do great on this one because this really doesn't have like a plot. <laughs> like I mean, I guess you could say like the, the Christmas bonus is like the overarching plot. But as far as like outside of that, like so many things happen that don't pertain to
1: that that like that's what i was saying really earlier it's, it's like a collection of scenes more yeah than it really is it's
0: i mean it's it, it, i mean you can kind of tell that it's somebody that comes from like a skit background you know like chevy chase like coming from saturday night live because that's really what it feels like it feels like a collection of skits just performed by the same like actors and family the whole time um but i mean not a bad thing but let's get into it. Um, so we start out with one of these they don't really do these anymore. these little openings that you know, like a cartoon um, opening credits where they do like this two to three minute animation over the full song. Um, I remember this I remember this being pretty popular around this time. like I always think of city slickers whenever I I think of those. I don't I don't really think of this one very often. The city slickers is like the one that I always think about. Did, do you remember like these, like being a thing?
1: Yeah. I mean, I definitely, while? yeah. Like you said, you definitely don't see it near as much now, but you know, it's like most things in Hollywood, there's, there's trends that, yeah, that are, they're very similar and they kind of can just kind of come and go.
0: Yeah. It was like a thing in front of comedy movies for a little while. Like they were like aged at like middle-aged people. Um, so, uh, when we actually open up with the film, we got the, the Griswolds. They are riding in a car. They're on their way to go get a Christmas tree. They get in a little altercation with these two uh, redneck-looking dudes in a truck, and they go back and forth. Eventually, they end up under an 18-wheelers. When they get out from underneath it, they almost hit a... I'm not sure what that was exactly. Um, It looked like some kind of, like snow plow maybe um some kind of like construction equipment anyways they avoid it so they hit a pile of snow and go launched into the air and they basically land in the parking lot of the place to get christmas trees and they instead of going to um to buy one they go out into the woods and walk for miles and miles and miles and they finally found the perfect one and Clark forgets a saw, so they drive home with a full tree, (laughs) roots and all on top of the car. Uh, (laughs) Um, that was pretty great.
1: Yeah, definitely a good start.
0: (laughs) Yeah, they get the tree home. He, um, it's a little tall. Uh, he cuts off the bottom. The neighbors see him. Uh, they, you know, make comments. You can kind of tell that they have a little troubled relationship. Clark gets the tree inside. He, um, Releases it, it's bigger than they expected, it's breaking windows, Uh, Clark gets covered in sap, and later on in the bed, he's trying to read magazines, and the pages are sticking to his fingers, he's turning off lights, and the lamp sticking to his hand.
1: Um, All right, so so in the scene where he's looking at People magazine, (laughs) uh, the person on the front cover of that People magazine is Jeremiah Chekik. Uh, who was the director of Christmas vacation? Oh, it's hilarious. <laughs> so a little 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 sneak in there for the director. Um,
0: and so this movie is told through a an advent calendar, which I thought was pretty cool. I really actually like that that framing um how they do the the advent calendars until you kind of like so you can kind of keep up with like what day it is. Mm-hmm. I really like that because it always, especially around Christmas movies. Like if they're not set like on a specific day, you can never really kind of, you know what I mean? Like unless they're set on like Christmas Eve or Christmas day, like it's never, you never really know when they're set. So I really appreciated the way they did that. On the first day they go buy Christmas presents and um, they're at like a mall Clark runs or Clark is shopping for his wife and he starts flirting with what's what's the word for that uh, lingerie yeah but she's he, like what's he starts talking he starts flirting with like what's the woman what would be the woman that would sell the lingerie <laughs> the what? saleswoman like what's her name yeah like, what would that be called I guess just a saleswoman yeah but lingerie I, I
1: saleswoman lingerie saleswoman yeah
0: um, I feel like there should be a different word for that
1: um so he wasn't Florida. He was just really trying to get a good gift for his wife. Uh, yeah, okay. This uh, is divorced wife. The wife is
0: he divorced, um, <laughs> and then his son comes up and pretty much busts him. Then um, both sets of parents are coming. They both arrive, and it's you know starts to become chaos in the Griswold household. Uh, they find. It, You know, the kids have to share a room so that the parents will have somewhere to sleep and they're not happy about it. No one's really happy about this whole situation, but everybody is, you know, sucking it up because it's their family. I'm not sure exactly this happens exactly now, but Clark goes to work and he's talking to a co-worker and they're asking about their bonus checks, and he's like, Clark's like, you know, I'm gonna I've already put down a $7,500 deposit on a pool for my family. So they're talking up this check, this bonus check. And, um, you know, they're, they're just all excited about it. Clark's already spent his money. And, um, then later on that night, he is, he, him and Rusty start to put up the Christmas lights. He has 25,000 lights that he's putting up, uh, when he first starts putting them up, he staples himself to the roof and falls off the ladder. And then he falls off the roof and finally gets them all put up and they don't work. You know, he's a little distraught and he tries again the next day, finally figures out that it's caused by a switch and the lights are super bright and they have to get backup power from the nuclear plants. And while the lights are on, Cousin Eddie shows up and with his family in the RV unexpectedly and announces that they will be staying for... or till the next month. Clark,
1: you know, talks to... So actually in the scene where... You know, he's just getting angry and frustrated over the Christmas lights not working. Mm-hmm. I read where he actually broke his finger at some point filming that scene.
0: Oh, probably. I bet he wasn't when he when he hit the the Santa Claus, like when he uh, pushed the Santa Claus.
1: What I read didn't say exactly, but yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. That because that was the, I mean he hit that
0: thing pretty hard, and so yeah, I'm it, wondering if that was.
1: Yeah, there was a lot of physical comedy, uh, you know, for that five ten minute stretch. So there could yeah. be a lot of different areas where uh, he could have broke it, but you may carry on. All right. <laughs> um. So,
0: uh, so cousin Eddie is there, and um, you know what? I totally skipped this part. Uh, the family. Now that the parents are there, they decide to go shopping and Clark goes up into the attic to hide some presents and gets shut up in the attic. And he has to spend up a couple of hours in there uh, while everybody else is shopping. And um, he fell through the roof, at the ceiling at one point, and then he stays up there. And I was wondering, like, why did he not just climb down once he was <laughs> already, once he already busted through the ceiling? I mean, he could just climb down onto the bunk bed and get out of there. Um but he didn't um so anyways back to cousin eddie uh cousin eddie's gonna be there for a while um they go sledding uh clark has some basically like like food lubricant to like you know like stuff like like your pam spray or whatever to keep your uh food from sticking to your if stuff but he says it's like slicker than anything else on the market He spreads on the bottom of the sled and he goes down the mountain at mock speeds. Uh, and then ends up in a Walmart parking lot donation booth. Um Clark has a little talk with a you know uh with Eddie's daughter, Ruby, and kind of decides that between him and what's Beverly and D'Angelo's name? Ellen? Ellen. Ellen. So Clark and Ellen decide that, you know, they're going to try to buy Christmas presents for Eddie's kids because they're not going to have anything. So Clark takes um, Eddie shopping and gets the kids stuff. I think after that, um, I think after that it's Christmas Eve. Uh, that's when Bethany and Louis show up and they're a little old and senile. But Louis seems like he's got a little bit more together, but not too much more together.
1: Um I read there was actually an earthquake during the scene when Uncle Lewis and Aunt Bethany arrive and visit the Griswold. Really? (laughs) Yep. (laughs) That's
0: funny. Um, Lewis winds up setting the tree on fire because the dog has drank up all the water and the tree is too dry. Clark kind of goes a little nuts, goes outside and gets a tree from outside, cuts one down, brings it inside. They hear they hear squeaking coming from in the tree and it's a squirrel and it gets loose and everybody's freaking out. And Clark kind of breaks his breaks down and you know he's freaking out. And then they start cleaning up, and somebody arrives with an envelope, uh, and it's Clark's Christmas bonus. He gets all excited. He tells everybody all the money that he spent, what he spent it on. Gets everybody excited, and he opens it up, and what does he get, Jeff? He gets Jelly of the Month Club, gifts that keeps on giving. So he's not too excited about this. He's freaking out and basically is like, you know what I want for Christmas? I want somebody to bring my boss in here so I can, you know, basically kick his ass. Cousin Eddie takes his word on this and leaves. Uh, goes in, kidnaps Mr. Shirley, brings him back with a bow on him after, you know, kind of freaks out at first, but basically, you know, tells him why he is so upset. Clark's boss understands and he realizes, you know, like, hey, you know, like, these are actual people that I'm screwing over. And so not only are they getting their Christmas bonuses, but they're getting 20% more. The SWAT team arrives and um, they let them know that nothing's you know they're not pressing charges it was all this big misunderstanding the griswolds the whole family his boss and the swat team they're all out in the christmas the front yard from where cousin eddie emptied his shitter into the drain the gas has built up and uncle lewis lights a match blows up the sewer causing santa claus the santa claus and the reindeer that were in the Griswold's Yard to go sailing across the sky, causing everybody to start singing the Star-Spangled
1: Banner (laughs) in the end. It makes me wonder now, have you seen the TikTok trend where it usually involves a guy or girl having their boyfriend or girlfriend over to like a family dinner or outing for like the first time? And like before they begin dinner uh you know everybody stands up and starts um saying the pledge of allegiance <laughs> 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 just to get the reaction of the the boyfriend or the girlfriend i'm starting to wonder now if that was uh inspired by uh the christmas vacation movie cuz it's was hilarious crazy, crazy aunt but uh but yeah i'll, I'll give you uh which i mean you're pretty lucky because I have a horrible memory anyway. <laughs> Plus, like we said, this movie is like one of those, even if you forget, important scenes. You mean you didn't hurt the plot any? Um, so I'll give you a solid B+. Okay. I'll take
0: it. I'll take it. I'll take it. A right.
1: um, couple of interesting tidbits that I didn't squeeze in, uh, which I don't know if this is interesting. I, I, I guess when I read it, I was like, huh. But then when I saw the movie again, I was like, oh yeah, that's pretty obvious. But for some reason, I, I found it surprising when I first read it. But the woman that Clark fantasizes about in his pool is the lingerie saleswoman he oh, encountered yeah. at the mall. I'm not sure why when I read that, I was like, really? But then when I watched it, I was like, because it's been years since I've actually watched the movie start to finish. Yeah. Um. I was like, well, yeah, I, I, I don't even think they were trying to... Hide that or no? I don't it think it was an Easter egg.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's like so. kind of
1: like how, um kind of like in the I don't remember, I know you
0: you don't remember it, but in the original Vacation, there was like this this woman. I don't know what it is about Clark and his wandering eye. Like he is so determined to cheat on his wonderful <laughs> wife. Like Beverly D'Angelo is hot. In every movie though, it seems like he's got some woman that he's always like into and fantasizing about. But, um. Yeah, he had like another woman that he did the same thing that in the first one um, that I remember where like he saw her like on the road driving a car and then he saw her like in the pool skinny dipping. And yeah.
1: Um, Speaking of Beverly D'Angelo, the scene where the SWAT barge in and yell freeze. uh, Do you remember Ellen's position? (laughs) Yeah, where she was grabbing his crotch. Yeah, that was... Totally improvised That was not <laughs> planned. She improvised it in one take. And I'm, I'm sure Chevy Chase didn't mind, but I bet they were busting out laughing behind the scenes. I just think that's crazy. That that to me that was the funniest part of that entire sequence. And yeah. it, it wasn't even scripted at all. Well, she did great. Uh, so, She's a genius. So that that was pretty good. And one little, you know, all movies had a if you read about them or you locate them yourself, they always have like a little oops here and there. Uh, so during one of Clark's, just like tantrums, uh, that, that kind of loose post at the top of the staircase, Mm -hmm. you know, he decides just to cut it off, you know, with the chainsaw and said, all right, fixed it. Uh, so after he's already cut the top of that post off, uh, when the family is running up the staircase because of the squirrel. Yeah that post is back on. (laughs) So, so obviously they filmed that before the the other one, but uh, so just one little oops there. And you know for this to be a Christmas movie, um, you kind of alluded to it somewhat, but the movie never makes it to Christmas day. No, it it ends on Christmas Eve. So, uh, you know, it's a little bit different, you know, most Christmas movies, you normally see Christmas day one way or the other, uh, but not the case in this one. That's all I got.
0: All right. Well, Jeff, what did you think of this one? We're gonna or is it my turn? I guess it is my turn. Because you made me last last time you made me go first. And I remember not. Um, all right. So out of out of full shitters, <laughs> how many how many do you give this and why?
1: So we've encountered this a few times on our podcast. And to me, it's it could be difficult to judge a movie well when it's got some age on it, as well as when you feel like you've either seen it so many times or you've seen so many of the scenes several times, like over and over and over. So you know, I feel like whether it's the tenth time or the twelfth time or the twentieth time, it's hard to appreciate it or enjoy it as much as the first few times. Yeah. So I, I was trying to grade it based on that because part of me wanted to go as low as a three, um, even though I'm, I'm sure if I would have graded it like after the first couple of times I watched it, especially during the 80s, I probably would have easily gave it a four. So I'm going to land on a solid three and a half. Okay. It's, it's still a great movie. There's just a lot of funny stuff going on. Uh, we, we talked about it earlier. There's just so many memorable scenes. Uh, just a lot of funny stuff happening. Uh, you know, for me personally, I, I'm not one that generally watches a movie several times. This just happens to be one that, although I probably haven't watched it start to finish, maybe, but three or four, a lot of those scenes i probably have seen 10, 15, 20 times. Right. And it, after a while, it just, you don't find it quite as funny, not because it's, not any less funny. It's just, you know, you're just not gonna laugh as hard or you're probably just not gonna appreciate it as much. Uh but overall, like I said, I, I still think it's a solid three and a half. Um I'm sure I'll watch it again at some point down the road or, you know, whether I'm flipping through something and you know want to watch a scene or two, whatever. But it, it's still gonna remain a classic. I don't see anything changing that. Uh it's still not going to crack like my top 10 Christmas movie list, but still a solid choice. What about you?
0: Actually, I I've almost I, like i am almost going to repeat almost everything you've said. Uh and the with the score exactly where I was going to land because, you know, it that's kind of how I feel about it. You know, I've seen this movie so many times that I couldn't it, it's hard to remember how I felt about it the first time I saw it. And I was so young that You know what I'm saying? Like, I've grown up with this movie, so I feel like I've appreciated different things about it every time that I've watched it. And I don't know. Like, you know, my baseline for if I'm going to recommend a film based on the genre is a 2.5. You know, like, that's a, like, yeah, it it hits the genre. Um, If you like Christmas movies, this is what you should watch. So it's definitely better than your average christmas movie. You know, it's not it, I have I have fun watching this. You know, it's not it's not something that I would probably watch every single year, but if somebody wants to watch it every single year, I won't be mad about it. You know, it's one of those type of films. Um so yeah, I'm I'm right with there with you, man. Uh 3.5. It's not every scene makes me laugh. You know, I could in fact, you know, some of the stuff you know, honestly, with, with most of the stuff with like cousin Eddie and all that, like it's gets kind of boring. Um and, like they're in the repetitive repetitiveness of it. But I found you know, humor in his his daughter, like the conversation that he had with like that Clark had with uh Ruby. Like I found that probably funnier than any other time I've ever watched it. This time I've watched it. So
1: um, and, I mean, and, and it was a sweet moment.
0: Yeah, and it was. It was. It was really endearing. Because um, and, and there was
1: there wasn't a lot of those in the movie. So especially
0: if, yeah, especially for Clark because he's
1: kind of an asshole the whole movie. Yeah. Um Which does yeah. make you wonder if the scene Johnny Kalecki was talking about would well, it had a good chance to make the cut since they did include you know the one you know yeah. with his
0: niece or maybe they just replaced it.
1: That's since possible re- too
0: since he refused to do it, they just replaced it with, Yeah, they just wrote in the one f- with the girl. But yeah. um, Yeah, man, I love this movie. Uh, it's, if you haven't watched this movie, <laughs> if you're, if you're listening to this and you haven't watched National Anthem Christmas Vacation, I feel like you just kind of have to, because I mean, it's just got so many, so many classic quotes just based on that alone. It's at least worth one watch. Um, Yeah. So I give this 3.5 full shitters, uh, which gives us an, you know, average of three and a half shitters. So, um, I'm not going to say that again. We, that's definitely our highest rated Christmas film. So we definitely broke the three point range. So thank y'all for showing us the light and putting that star atop of our Christmas tree this year because we did not do it ourselves. (laughs) We disappointed each other very much so. Um, So, yeah. Yeah, it's it's probably good we saved the safe bet for the end. Yeah, yeah. Um, Which, I mean, this one will be released on Christmas Day. So, um, well, maybe Christmas Day. I don't know. Maybe Christmas Eve if I'm feeling festive enough to get it done before then. Um, So we... Uh, we'll not be doing another episode. Sorry about that. Uh, just due to scheduling, we were not able to make this episode in time to release it on the day that we wanted. So, this will be released, uh, Christmas Day at the latest. If you're hearing this, uh, before Christmas Day, that means that I had some extra free time and was feeling. Uh like I wanted to release an episode earlier than, than Christmas Day. So uh so do yeah. you got do you got a dude or dud? Uh I do, I do. Um my dude of the week is going to be Ellen. She is a great wife and a great mom, and she is hilarious. I wish I could have seen more of her. Um, because how she puts up with what she has to deal with her in her family, like, that woman's a saint, and she handles it well. So, definitely going with Ella.
1: What about you? Yeah, I mean, to, just to comment on what you were saying about Ellen, as dysfunctional and as many issues as Clark has, they still have a very loving family. Mm-hmm. Uh, you see that, which, you know, is kind of plays the true life in a lot of ways, because you'll yeah. You know, a lot of families have their issues or dysfunctional in their own way, but yet they still have those moments, you know, like especially when the Christmas lights finally get working. Mm-hmm. You know, he shares that, you know, his kids are hugging them. So, you know, you still see those moments to where, you know, they're still a nice, loving family. They still have their sweet moments and that kind of stuff. Having said all that, I'm going to go with a dud. All right. And it's going to be Cousin Eddie. Yeah. You know, those type of people, and I'm talking about his character, obviously Randy Quaid did a great job um uh with the part, but uh man, it's those type of characters, man, in real life that just rub me the wrong way cuz I'm I'm more of a just shoot me straight type of person. Yeah. I can't stand with people like always say or do things with a hidden agenda,
0: manipulation, or
1: yeah. That are just you know just drop, you know trying to drop hints and uh, you know, his plan all along was for, you know, Clark and Ellen to buy Christmas for his kids. It's yeah. just, he knew how that was going to play out. And just, I mean, yeah, just all his little antics, man, those type of people that like in real life just absolutely drive me crazy. I know I'm not alone in that <laughs> thought, but but he's also the one guy in the movie. Uh, I don't know about you, but I rarely see, whether it's going to a Christmas party or seeing pictures from a Christmas party where people are dressing up, there's always at least one person
0: yep.
1: <laughs> that's dressed one. up like Cousin Eddie. And honestly, yeah. like
0: here in Buffalo, there's been at least like I've seen like at least two or three houses that have a Cousin Eddie in the front yard, like yeah. dressed up. And like one of them even has like an like a camper like in the front yard, like with a Cousin Eddie standing beside it.
1: Yeah, I mean the character is obviously iconic. Um, just because, I mean, the character in itself is it's just so outlandish, and uh, you know, it gets a lot of attention for you know a lot of good reasons, but still gonna be my dud. Like I said, not because of the performance, just that type of person in real life just really irks me. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so it was easy to root against him, or you know, not like him because uh, so he played the part well.
0: All so, right. Yeah. Well, what kind of uh? Weird question you got for me this week. All right,
1: this one's not really going to be so much weird. um Taking a, just a, at least a one-week break from weird questions, but I can't remember if we've had this conversation before. I know we haven't on the podcast, but a popular gift for men at Christmas is obviously cologne. I want to know Parker's like go-to colognes, and whether it's changed as you've gotten older what is it currently chrome by azaro it's been it's been chrome by azaro
0: for as long as I for I'll switch it up every once in a while but like yeah like my go-to scent is like chrome by
1: azaro um no, I like, I'm, not, I'm not familiar with that one at all for some
0: yeah time. it's not um I don't know it's 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 like a it's like a fresh um Citrusy, woodsy type scent. It's really hard to describe. Okay. But
1: uh, yeah, I'm, I'm Googling it. it now and it kind of gives me like a cool water vibe.
0: That would be a good, like, if you can imagine. Just from the look of, of it. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't smell like cool water, no. It's, um, I don't know. It's really, it's really hard to, I guess, CK1. If you've ever smelled CK1, it's very similar to that. Uh, kind of smell.
1: Nice. So so that one does the job for you, huh? Yep. Gotcha.
0: What about you, man? What's your what's your fragrance? So parfum day. Parfum day Jeff.
1: There's a there's a couple of different angles I go with this. Um my primary angle is I just tell my wife like buy whatever does it for you. (laughs) Hopefully that's what it's all about. (laughs) If you find anything that's going to increase my chances, (laughs) buy that. (laughs) And so it's probably been a couple of years. I mean, you know how cologne is. I mean, it it can last forever. Um, I'm sure it's been at least a couple of Christmases, if not more, since she last bought me cologne. And she went with Drakkar. Okay, Uh, which I don't know how popular it is nowadays. I know it was like really popular. Like when I was growing up, at least in the late eighties, early nineties. So I I don't know if it's, I I doubt it's still that popular, but that's what she loved. So that's what she got. As far as me personally, I don't know if you've heard of this one, maybe you have, um, but the one I personally like, and also the one You ever wear, and and maybe this happens with the Chrome Mazzaro, but have you ever wore something like that where you just constantly get comments about it? You get the most compliments. Yeah, that's
0: that's one reason why I wear that is because it's not very popular. So like, and it smells. uh, People like the way it smells. So like, and it's not a very strong smell. So I get I get lots of compliments on it.
1: Okay. So for like, I rarely get comments when I wear a Dracar, mm-hmm. which again I'm okay with. That's that's what Steph likes. Um but my personal choice and the one that I've always because I started wearing this probably in high school, but it's aspen.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's not one of the expensive ones. I mean you can probably get it for like 15 20 dollars at like Walmart, Target or wherever. Yeah. Uh so you know it's it's you know one of the cheaper ones. But um which you would mention kind of a the woodsy type thing Mm -hmm. i I would kind of describe this a little similar which is why it's called aspen it's you know it's kind of got the pictures of the mountains or whatnot so just kind of a um woodsy nature uh type deal and but it is the one and, and there's other ones i'll wear every once in a while but uh it's always the one i've gotten the most comments from people and but of course, I wear your car most of the time <laughs> 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 because, you know, she's the boss. But and I'm about to make a confession. I don't even know I should do this or not, but it's no secret. I'm a Christmas junkie. I've got a cologne that smells just like Christmas tree. <laughs> it was like Fraser fur and I will occasionally wear it during this time of year. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I know. I got problems. (laughs) Just a little bit, but it's all good. I'm not mad at you. Um, If if anybody wants to donate towards my therapy to get help with this (laughs) Christmas-itis, you know, feel free to do so. Oh, my gosh. All right.
0: So, next month, our theme is going to be re and reboots uh so anything that are you know remakes or reboots uh that's going to fall under that category and the first one's going to be my pick and i am going to pick matilda the musical if you have it if this does drop on christmas day it just came out today um as we record this we could not have possibly watched this film i don't think it's released in the states it might be in theaters i don't know but so this is a brand, brand new streaming one. yes this is brand okay. new it's matilda the musical it's a remake um of i guess technically it's a remake of the i'm going to consider it a remake of the film i don't even care it's a it's it's a book also but um it's already been made so guess what it's being remade so it's a remake so therefore and I love musicals. Um, so that's me. Like where you where you get the uh the romantic things and the romantic comedies, that's where I come in. I come in on the musicals. Like I love musicals.
1: Now see, I'm I love stoked. musicals too. So so I I'm a huge fan. Now I haven't always been a huge fan of musicals. I used oh, to I be have, like I've
0: always loved musicals, man. Always, always, always.
1: So my journey with musicals started. Probably late high school. So I was probably like 17, 18, 19, somewhere in there. And the girl I was dating at the time, her brother won tickets to see like West Side Story. Mm-hmm. So, of course, I didn't know anything about it. I'd never been to a musical. I'm sure I saw tidbits on TV and I was like, eh, you know, I was just more of the, you know, the average, you know, go to the movie theater, watch an action flick, Rocky, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, so we go to the big city, which at the time was Raleigh, North Carolina. And me and my girlfriend, her brother, and we brought some other friend because he won four tickets. And, dude, I was blown away. Mm-hmm. I guess not only seeing it live, but just seeing the story unfold, just the talent with the singing, the dancing. And f- from that day, I mean, you know, we we watched tons of musicals. I mean, whether it's in person or, um, I think the last one we saw was Hamilton. We got to see Hamilton, yeah. uh, which was uh, of course you know we obviously saw it first on Disney, but got to see it live. But yeah, just there's so many good ones I haven't seen yet either. But yeah, I'm I'm with you on that one. I, I'm a, I'm a huge musical fan. Yeah, see my musical my musical introduction
0: was definitely like from the jump, man. Like Disney like disney's disney films just primed me to become like a musical lover like growing up uh just never grew out of that so thank god i didn't uh so next week we will be watching matilda the musical please join us for that uh jeff do you have anything else that you would like to say or share with anybody before we
1: bid adeus all right so you hit on this really good last week um as far as it's mental health of course, everybody that's you know pays any attention to what's going on in the world uh, saw the sad news uh, with with uh, Twitch uh, Stephen Boss, popular dancer, obviously got really popular uh, being a DJ and dancer on the Ellen Show, and you're just seeing this play out more and more and more where you you see the person on social media or you you see them on TV, and all you can think of is wow well, they got the picture perfect life, whether it's Whether it's their career, happily married, kids, wealthy, all of that. And thinking about it logically, it just never makes sense. And one thing I always tell people when it comes to mental health, mental health doesn't follow any kind of logic. And that's where I think there's a big misunderstanding with people who've never wrestled with mental health is that's all they know to do is to think logically Yeah. And you'll never have any open mind or any understanding of what mental health is and the challenges and the stuff that people face, because unfortunately, it doesn't follow logic because you look at someone like Twitch and logically, it makes no sense that he was wrestling with these, you know, these demons and and made the choice that he did. Uh, So like you said last week, you know, people, please reach out. By now, I think everybody should know you're not alone through this. This uh this disease does not discriminate against anybody. Oh, absolutely not. No matter your culture, your background, your race, um, gender, uh, you know, sexual identity, whatever. It it could attack anybody. So being successful in life, being happy in life doesn't guarantee you anything uh, when it comes to mental health struggles. So uh please reach out, whether it's, you know, through us, through our platform, or uh, I know there's all kinds of resources now where they, they one good thing, you know, over the last five, 10 years that they've making it easier and easier and easier for people to have access to resources uh, to get that help. Uh, so, it's so, so important. And, you know, I'd love to see the day to where, you know, we're, we're not having to, you know, constantly, you know, see these things happen You know, especially with with people that you know from a logical standpoint you're just like i just can't believe it. it just doesn't make any sense but yeah although this time of year is you know it's supposed to be the most wonderful time of the year and it is for a lot of people it's also the hardest time of year for a lot of people for for various reasons uh, so we have to understand that as well yeah
0: absolutely um yeah i mean i i i struggle with mental health issues um so yeah i i totally relate to everything that you just said and it's i can i can say that it you know it doesn't always follow a rhyme or reason even to the people going through it so yeah like if you just feel any type of something's wrong or you just feel like you're the slightest bit lonely yeah just reach out reach out to somebody for real it, it you never know what it can do it can turn your whole day around it can turn your whole week around it might even turn your whole life around um so yeah just just uh don't keep it to yourself that's the most important thing um but jeff thank you so much man i really appreciate everything you do i hope you have a very merry christmas um Merry Christmas to everybody and happy holidays! And thanks, to everybody, so much for listening. Uh, we will catch you. I think the next episode will. We'll see you next year. We'll be we'll be those lame older dudes. We'll see you next year. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Jeff, uh, anything else? Uh, do the outro.
1: I think that does it. Like you said, I hope everybody has you know awesome holidays, great Christmas. Hanukkah, whatever it is you celebrate this time of year. Um, I just hope you're able to hang out with some friends or family and just uh, just please treasure that time uh, with other people that, that are important to you. And so, yeah.
0: Happy Festivus for the rest of us. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, Jeff. And thank you so much for listening. Uh, please remember to rate, review, and subscribe. Five stars in a review. Really do help these dudes out. Even if you just want to give your grade on how i did for this episode you could do that just to make sure that you give us five stars when you do so that really does help these two dudes out links to our patreon and our socials are in the show notes so if you're curious about what we look like or what our tiktoks are you can find that down there thanks again and remember it's shitting rocks not shitting bricks
1: peace (laughs) out Are you buffering? Yeah, I'm buffering.